Hey everyone, welcome to this week's edition of All Things Evangelism. I uh, am super excited to be with you this week. I'm here with my workmate and colleague, Leah Hodge. Yes! This week's All Things Evangelism is on the danger of telling your personal testimony. Leah, you and I, we got together a couple weeks back and we discussed the power of sharing your testimony and how God really uses our story to positively affect other people for the kingdom of heaven. And this week, we're going to just evaluate the same idea, sharing your testimony, but from a bit of a different angle. There's some dangers. Yeah. There, there, are, there, are, there are some dangers in sharing your testimony. And maybe it's not good to say there's dangers in sharing your testimony, but there are things that you can do wrong when telling your testimony. And sometimes the way people tell their testimony can be dangerous for them when they tell it. You think? Yeah, I agree. For instance, with me and telling my own testimony, because I can only go from my experiences basically, but I love testimonies by the way. It's like one of my favorite things to do is to put on someone's testimony and hear their story, but there is a danger, like you said, there is a danger to the person and also to the people who are listening. For people who have particularly had wild, crazy past lives, in, in one instance, mm-hmm. and in sharing that part of your life, you can go into so much detail and talk about every little, everything that you did, the sins you committed, and you can go on and on and on and on and go too far. I've heard people do this in their testimonies, and someone actually came to my church and told their testimony about four years ago, and it went for about an over an hour, and it was just all about his past life, and there was nothing about where he was at with God now and what he was doing now. But it was just, yeah, it was awkward actually. (laughs) Yeah, so that's one thing that can happen. And I know even with my own story, like my story is pretty wild and everyone has had a past. But when I've shared it, it depends where I've shared it, but I particularly shared this one place and I was going into some of the things that I did and some of them, they weren't good. And But people were laughing and think it was really funny. And I started to laugh up the front as well because everyone else was laughing and then the Holy Spirit kind of checked me and was like no that's not funny and I had to say I'm like no it's actually not funny what I did it was actually really sad what I did because sin wasn't exceedingly sinful to them and then it wasn't to me either and yeah I think that's a danger that can happen that people don't see because it's all fun it's laughing it's making light out of the things that you've done That happened when you were giving that particular testimony. That happened to me, yeah, when I was telling my testimony. So have you ever been in a situation where you're hearing someone else speak about the life that they once lived, that God saved them from, where you were attracted to that life because of what they were saying? Because that was a bit similar to your past. Has that ever happened to you? Sort of, yeah. Yeah, it's happened happened to me. I had a friend named Scott Higgins, and we came to faith at the same time, and I remember we would just reminisce about the old days and he would be saying that praise God or I would be saying, yeah, praise God that we're no longer like that. And then we would go on and share his stories from our past and, and things from our past. And I would find myself being drawn to it again yeah, because of the way we were talking about it. So it wasn't as if we we're really testifying of God's power and goodness and grace and love, but rather we were just enjoying the past. So if I stand up in front of a group of people or if I share with a neighbor my story, God's work in my life, how he saved me and brought me to repentance in Jesus' name, I've got to be careful 
not to glory in the evils of the past or communicate them in a way that makes them seem good. Yeah. Because that's a danger to the people I'm speaking to and to myself because although God has changed our hearts and given us a new heart in Jesus and we believe that by faith, we're still in this body which is prone to sin until the very end. I was actually thinking about what you were saying and also like you were saying you were talking with a friend about your past and that. There's a group of people who I'm friends with and they are so innocent and they've never done anything, anything like what I would say I've done and the sins I've committed. And so when I share things like that I've done, they just are so shocked and it's so foreign to them. It's so bad to them. It's so like evil to them. And then you sense like, oh, wow, this is really serious. But then uh, when you're with a different group of people, yeah. you're just like, oh, yeah, we used to do this. It's all, I don't know, light. It's That just reminded me of. Totally. So we have this Bible worker, and I won't say his name, and he's a really cool guy. It'd be funny if he listens to this and then calls me later. But he, a few months ago, was at a local church member's house at the church where he's working, and there was a a teenage girl, I think high school aged, and her mom. And he was sharing his story and his testimony of conversion, and a part of that testimony is just certain sins of his past. And when he was sharing it, he didn't feel like it was a bad thing because they were appropriate age to hear what he was saying. But there was a church member whose kid was in the next room. The kids were just could hear within ears distance of what he was saying. And he wasn't speaking in explicit terms, but he was, he was saying things that these kids would have never heard before. And when they left the house and their dad came to pick them up later that day, it was like a Sabbath afternoon. There was kids around and stuff. And so dad came and picked up the children who had overheard this Bible worker telling a teenage girl and her mom his conversion, they look at their dad and they said, hey, dad, what's pornography? And so the dad was like, guys, now I have to explain to my kids what this is. And they're not in a position to really understand. And of course, as a parent, I've had my kids actually ask me the same questions because mm. they've heard someone say. And I just said to them, it's just it's just something silly. Like, it's just silly videos of people kissing each other, something like that. I just had some, I don't remember what I said to them. But it's uncomfortable. This is an example of the danger of telling your testimony and how you need to be careful. Mm. Not walk on eggshells, but be mindful of the fact that there may be innocent ears listening. And you don't want to unintentionally turn them on to evil that they've never been exposed to. And there's people who've been converted from a past just like you who may still feel the pull of that past. And hearing your story may only encourage them to go back. Yeah, exactly. Miss the good old party days. Yeah, it's a really hard... The devil plays on that. Yeah, definitely. I think it's a balance that we need to get when we're sharing our past because I think it's important that we do share the things that we've done in a way that's not going to be so detailed that you get so graphic. But I think it's really important because it shows the power of God if you tell your testimony in a certain way because you can see the comeback. You can see... The life of darkness and then the life with Jesus Christ. So it is important to share. I mean, like some of the gritty details. But what about this? This just came to mind. We should share our story in a way that's appropriate for the audience. That's right. And when I was first converted, I was 25. And I, I was a single guy at the time. I had no girlfriend, no relationship. But I had been married before. And I had lived a typical modern life of relationships. Doing what you do in modern relationships in dating and whatnot. And so now I'm convinced it's not right. I need to restructure my life and I need to learn a new way to relate to women as a whole. I just need to completely re 
organize my thoughts towards women and relationships. And so I decided that I'm going to be single, 100%, like a celibate for years. And I remember reading the Bible, and I was in Genesis in my personal devotions, and I was reading like around Genesis 28 to 32, where Jacob gets married, and he's married to two women, and then they're all having relationships together, and then Leah's upset because like he loves Rachel more, and so then he has kids with Leah, and then Rachel's upset that she can't have kids, and so he sleeps with her maid, and there's just all kinds of crazy behavior happening right in the Bible. And I, I remember reading this in my morning devotions thinking, i got to stop reading this. Like, I'm trying to be like this pure-minded guy who doesn't think of women as sex objects, and I'm reading here in the Bible this story. Now, this is not a story I'm saying because I think you shouldn't read the Bible, but like the fact of the matter was is that there are things even in Scripture that may be age-appropriate or circumstance-appropriate, depending. And ancient Jews would not let their children read the book of the Song of Solomons. But it was Holy Scripture, but it was not appropriate for a nine-year-old or a seven-year-old to read the things that Solomon is saying about his illicit physical relationship with you know, his wife or whoever it was he was speaking about. So my basic point is that we've got to take into account who we're speaking to and what the effect of our words are. That's a fair way to say it. You need yeah. to be talking to your audience. Like I'm going to talk to, if I'm sharing my testimony at an evangelistic campaign, yeah. it's going to be different to when I'm sharing it with a group of young Adults who are already Christians. Yes. Yeah. So you're going to have 15 year olds versus 50 year olds or just yeah. males and females, whatever. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Awesome. So is there anything else that we can do wrong or th- that we can be in danger of when we share our story? I think this is something that has come up before with people when they hear someone's radical testimony and how God's changed their life. People are in the audience sitting there thinking, I didn't have a testimony like that. I don't have a story like theirs. Maybe I need to go out into the world. Like Maybe it would be better for me to go out into the world and experience some things, and then I'll be a better Christian. Then I'll be on fire like this person. I'll be a person. real Christian with a real testimony. Yeah. yeah. And I don't know how you would avert that, but I guess avert that. But that's a danger. I think people do think that, mm-hmm. that they need to go out and try all these things. But the greatest testimony of someone who's grown up their whole lives and been faithful to God and never gone out into the world and done all those crazy things. Like you don't need to do that to be a follower of Jesus. The miracle is that you never did that right. and you weren't desired. You didn't desire to do that. Yeah, that's true. And I also think it's true that my testimony has failed if it hasn't led everyone to understand that all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And whatever the degree of rebellion against God you've practiced, like you're born dead in trespasses and sins and these crazy evil lives that people have lived is just that's just an extreme manifestation of the heart that's in every single one of us exactly we all need to be born again oh, that's right everyone needs in church if you grow up in the church you still need to be born again yes. at some point in your journey you have to have that repentance and that realization of your own sinfulness yeah so do you think that a person who is newly converted could that there's any dangers that they're incurring by telling their story like anything's personally that is there anything that telling your story can do for you that's not good like any bad effect do you think well like we've already shared I think is when you're going into maybe a past life that you've just recently come out of and not being that strong and not realizing how bad maybe even bad it is and you're just sharing and when we communicate, when we talk about things, it has an effect on our brain and, and how we look at those certain things. And I just sometimes don't think that we see how sin is that sinful. 
Um, and I think of Paul when I think of sharing a testimony because he shared his testimony a lot in Scripture. He was like the one guy that was always telling his testimony. And if you look at his testimony, as far as a scripture that comes to mind, it says that he was the chief of sinners. Like he was an amazing evangelist, amazing apostle, yet he saw himself and he knew who he was. He knew he was wretched. He was poor, miserable, blind and naked and he needed Christ. That was going on a diversion to what you were asking, but no, it's good. We, need to, we need to understand where we're at and glorify Jesus in our testimony. It's all about... God working in us. It's it's not really about us. So we yeah, God working in mm-hmm. us. It's like the testimony of the power of Jesus in my life. Yeah. I've noticed that you can have a young person or even an old person in the faith, a new believer who shares their story and say they were someone with a rugged past or maybe they were famous or they did a job that many people think is a good job. So I was a high-level CEO or I was in the movie industry or I was an artist who signed a record deal or whatever. Like they had a position or did a work that's highly valued in this world. And then they get up and tell their testimony. And then now I'm a believer. If they're a baby Christian, telling that story can mess with their head a bit because they in their past life were important. They had a status that was built on their position or their talent or their whatever. And then now being born again means you're dead to the world and you're dead to the principles that govern the world. But you telling that story can be used by Satan to make you a little Christian star. So before you were a star in Satan's kingdom, and now you're going to try to be a star in God's kingdom because of the drama that's there in your testimony. And this is carnal. This is fleshly. This is earthly. And I'd say it's sinful. And so the devil, he's so tricky. Mm. He's going to get you while you're telling your story of deliverance from sin and death in Jesus's name and get you to, on a psychological, emotional level, function the same way where you're just now going to, instead of being a famous singer, like you were back in the world, you're going to be a famous Christian singer. And so glorify self, it's glorifying Self. self. That's right. It's I'm lifting myself up now. And this is a danger in telling your testimony. And I have a friend who, she's a mental health professional. Her name is Jennifer Jill. And she writes a bit about this where she talks about people who we thrust into the limelight of Adventism because they have a very dramatic testimony. So we put them on 3ABN and we put them on Hope Channel. And before you know it, they've got like this big ministry, but they're just babies in Jesus who haven't even learned the basic disciplines of the faith yet and it's a bit unwise. It's like the principle of scripture that says, lay your hands on no man suddenly, which means don't give people responsibilities and positions that they're not yet equipped to handle. And this can happen. And this is a danger of telling your testimony, especially if you have a great testimony with lots of drama. Definitely. I personally have been asked to go on 3MEN. I've been asked to go on the radio. I get asked every year, multiple times to go to different churches. And... Yeah, you can easily see yourself as someone important or famous, whatever. I personally, I've never seen myself as that, but that could easily happen, I, I think, to people yeah. young. And you just got to check yourself. It's not about you. <laughs> it's God's mercy. That's what it is. I think it's really important that when you share your story, like you said, you're sharing the story of God saving you, and you communicate it in a way that's going to help people to understand that you have now found true life and you have now found like real life 
And all of that life that you thought you were living was not life at all. It was just death and misery. And I've always been a bit hesitant to be to tell to tell my conversion story because I almost feel like it's so typical, right? So typical. Yeah, man. I was like living this life and doing these things, and I'm, it's almost it's a sacred thing. It's a sacred thing what God has done for you. And the way it can be reduced down to just this story of, yeah, I was doing drugs and doing this. And it becomes so typical, so routine. And I've heard it all before. And I almost struggle to some degree to communicate clearly the life that I lived and the person that I was. And ultimately, I'm just sharing that as just a human being with my brothers and sisters out there. But I'm, I'm sharing it because, because I know innately, I just know that there's just no real use in telling people that I did this, I did that, I did this, I did that. So I did all of these things. I lived all of these ways and God saved me. So I don't have to explicate, get all specific and give long drawn out explanations of that life of death and sickness. All I need to do is communicate to people that I was sick and rotten and terrible and horrible. That's all I need to do. I don't need to get into all of the details and, and t- take people on this real detailed journey of this sick, twisted person's life. I just have to tell them enough to convince them that I was a sick and horrible human being, dead in trespasses and sins, and that I found in the Son of God my destiny, and I, I found what humanity is supposed to be, and I found what I wanted to be yeah. in the Son of God and in the life of Christ. And through the gospel, I have come to faith and belief in the death, burial, resurrection of Jesus Christ for all humankind and that he now intercedes on my behalf in the heavenly sanctuary yep. as my representative and, and my standard. So yeah, that's need, all I need to do. That's th- it. I don't definitely. need to get into this all. But I feel like, yeah, people definitely need, you need to communicate so much about what Christ has done for you now. What is your life like now? And balance it out because yeah. people need to be convinced that you found it. Like you found Mm-hmm. the thing which is Jesus Christ and another thing that just came to my mind when you were talking about talking about this talking about that and it's something that you shared earlier when we were not recording is that there's certain things that we have done that someone in the audience like you were talking about someone who yes. was a drunk and there was maybe a mother in the audience who his child has just died from a drunk driver mm-hmm. and if you're talking in a flippant manner about I used to drink and I used to drive and I used to go really fast or whatever it is and you're not sensitive to that to the fact that's a very horrible thing like you can easily upset you know someone. totally yeah. i'm so glad that you brought that up because i that's a really i think important point there's so much self in us and i think that's the greatest danger of telling your story is that self you, hasn't you been think crucified. you think it's your story it's not your story like you said earlier it's god's story and it's jesus's story of his death burial and resurrection in your life and you coming to faith through his work for you and I'm going to say it again, even though you just said it, Leah, but I, I, when I was thinking about that earlier, it just really hit me. If you're up there and you're talking for 25 minutes about your past and all of the evils of your past, and then you talk for three minutes about God's work in your life and how happy you are now, you're, you haven't just communicated what you communicated with words, you communicated with your actions and what you emphasized. And what you emphasized more was your past than your life in Jesus. And I think that the only way that will be okay is if when you talked about your past, you really aimed at showing that you were a wreck, a mess, and a terrible person. You know what I'm saying by that? Like, I want, 
Because if you're not doing that, you are just glorifying yourself. You're basically making your conversion a tool to make you exceptional. Like, I was an exceptionally bad person, and now I'm an exceptionally good person because I was an exceptionally bad person. And that's never your intention, but that's what it can come off. And if you're doing that, if I get up in front of an audience and say, look, I influenced people to substance abuse. I was someone who in other people's lives was that influence. I was that person. So I have friends that have chain smoked their whole life because I encourage them to smoke cigarettes. There are people who are in prison right now in Okeechobee State Prison for 25 years to life because I was someone who encouraged their behavior towards designer drugs. That was me. I was that person. If I communicate those kinds of facts, and there's a woman in the room whose son is in prison because someone influenced her son to do drugs, or who's, there's a dad in the audience whose child is dead because someone sold them some drugs, some opioids, and they overdosed on those opioids. And, I, and, the, and then I'm standing up there and speaking about that behavior as if it's something to give me glory. They're gonna, they, they are going to righteously want justice. For, you know, they're going to be disgusted at what I'm saying. But if I'm up there and I'm communicating revulsion for what I've done and true sadness and sorrow for who I've been, and then I'm showing gratitude for God for his unbelievable grace at being willing to save someone who's a worm, who's a wretched, sick pervert, and be willing to change me, now that parent can sit in the audience and say, thank you, God, for your goodness and grace. But if that parent sees me acting flippantly or getting status from my evil actions in the past, I think really their perspective would be God's perspective. Like, you're not glorifying me, man. Yeah, I know. We need to, yeah, be very careful of that. So um, you're going to close us off with I have verse. this Bible verse from 1 Corinthians, and it's Paul again, because I just, I love Paul. He went around preaching the gospel everywhere, and I'm sure he was telling his story as well. But he, there was one thing on Paul's mind. There was one focus of his preaching. And it says here in um, 1 Corinthians chapter 2, it says, And I, brethren, when I came to you, came not with excellency of speech or wisdom, declaring unto you the testimony of, of God. So it was God's testimony. I determined not to know anything among you save Jesus Christ and him crucified. So that was Paul's life. He was constantly lifting Christ up, sharing with those who he was with about God's goodness, about his righteousness. And it was nothing to do with Paul. It was God's work and that's where we should be mm -hmm. that's where we should be so amen so good hey listen guys thank you so much for joining us for this episode of all things evangelism the danger of sharing your testimony we appreciate you taking your time to be with us and may god bless you as you strive to lift him up through his son jesus christ and as you bear your testimony uh, may god give you the grace to do it the way that jesus would have you do it god bless and we will see you next week